G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. Remember, you can hear 2020 on the Vision Radio Network from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. That's 11 Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time on the Vision Radio Network. Well, the bushfires that ripped through Victoria and South Australia on Ash Wednesday in 1983 killed 75 people. It was a deadly reminder to the tens of thousands who'd moved out of the cities and how dangerous living in the bush could be. As the bushfires raged around her in the small Victorian town of Upper Beaconsfield, a young mother stood between her two young daughters and the massive fireball heading straight for them. Anne Fogarty sustained burns to 85% of her body and was left with horrendous injuries, giving her almost no chance of survival. Anne Fogarty's story is told in a new book, 30 years after her life was forever changed in the Ash Wednesday fires of February 1983. Anne Fogarty joins us now to talk about her ordeal and her Christian faith. Anne, welcome to 2020. Thank you, Neil. And the recent anniversary passed by. Uh, it must be a dreadful reminder every time the anniversary of those Ash Wednesday bushfires come uh, as to what you've been through and what you've had to suffer in your life ever since. Well, they usually are, and usually the big anniversaries, like the 25th or the 30th, are usually particularly daunting. Um, But this year I got to make a whole lot of new memories because that was the day that my book was launched. So it was very special and I I feel that all the anniversaries from now on will have two lots of memories, um, which will be wonderful. And your book has now been launched. It's called Forged with Flames and it tells the story of Ash Wednesday. And the fact that you were severely injured on Ash Wednesday... Just quickly tell us, if you are able to, those details of what happened on Ash Wednesday uh, that saw you suffer burns to 85% of your body and yet uh, your daughters were unscathed. Well, the day began pretty much the same as every other day except that it was extremely hot and unusually hot in the morning for that time of day. Um, But it wasn't until the girls had come home from school and kinder later in the afternoon that I began to realise it was going to be a serious day. I could see smoke coming from behind the trees at the back of our house. And that's when I had my first real pang of fear and and worry. Um, But I talked with other neighbours and everyone was concerned, but no one was deeply worried at that stage. So I just went ahead and put the girl, gave the girls tea and put them to bed as I normally would. Um, I was a little bit worried because my husband wasn't able, wasn't home from work and that was really unusual. So that was something that concerned me and, and the power had gone off and we couldn't use the phone so there was no way of finding out. 
And about half past eight, quarter to nine, I was standing with some neighbours on the nature strip and suddenly an emergency vehicle went down our road and someone yelled out, get out quickly, the wind's about to change. And that's when it all began to happen. By the time I'd rushed inside and, and got the girls out of bed and come outside to go, the tops of the trees were already on fire and the wind was roaring and was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Um, but still at that stage we felt we would be able to get out and um, some neighbours had invited me to go with them, seeing as my husband wasn't home. So we all jumped into their car ready to go and we realised that their son was missing. So we all jumped back out again to look for him and by the time we realised we couldn't find him, it was too late to get out, so we, we needed to shelter. And my neighbours had an above-ground pool, so we ran down to that and we wet the children, we wet ourselves, and my neighbour ran up to the house and got two blankets, which we wet, and we um, we used them, I used them to cover my girls, and my neighbour and, and her little girl covered themselves. And um, we sheltered by the side of the pool, and there, there was no vegetation, there were just rocks on one side and the side of the pool on the other, what looked like would be a very safe place but unfortunately there were fireballs flying ahead of the fire and one of them unluckily just came through the narrow opening where we were sheltering and because I was on the outside it just hit me and that's what caused all my terrible burns. And of course not many people survive being hit by a fireball but you did, and you were sheltering your two young daughters at the time, and and as they came through unscathed, uh, it must have been a dreadful thing for you to have suffered uh, so deeply those burns, because I know that from there, of course, you were rescued and uh, you were taken to hospital. Your life was in the balance. You were in the intensive care unit for so long. Uh, that must have been a dreadful experience. It was. There really are no words to adequately, adequately describe it. Um, I never realised you could hurt so much, both in and out of your body, because um, I'd been burnt all down the throat and into the lungs, so every breath was excruciatingly painful, and it just seemed like there was nothing that wasn't hurting in the most excruciating way. I mean, most of us have suffered a minor burn from time to time, but to have burns to 85% of your body, uh, you are seriously a walking miracle today because people don't live through that. No, and I said people have said you ought not have to have survived, and and the the burn sister in the the Burns Ward of the Alfred told me just a few days ago that they'd never had anyone survive above 35% burns before. So it really was a miracle. And, Anne, when you were in hospital, it's not just the outer covering of our body, your skin, which was burned, because your whole body was reacting. You had heart issues and you had kidney failure as well. Yes, yes, it's... I was told it's not actually the burns that kill you in the end, it's the blood poisoning or I had double pneumonia for a while and that often kills you. So it's the other complications from your burns injury that usually um, mean that you will die. And having gone through that ordeal, 
you were a woman of Christian faith, but it wasn't that you were a strong Christian in those days. In fact, uh, the strength of your faith began to grow as you were anticipated the recovery process. It did. I mean, my faith meant a great deal to me. I'd been a Christian since I was 18, so it did mean a great deal to me. But I I had to rethink my whole idea of God after that happened to me because I was under the assumption that if terrified as I was, I could keep my children safe, then my Heavenly Father would have no problem keeping me safe. And And when that didn't happen the way I thought it would... Um, I just felt abandoned, terribly disappointed and disillusioned. Um, so I had to work through that. But at the same time, I, I just couldn't deny God's presence, um, the way I'd been rescued, the the way the nurses and doctors were just putting everything into me, surviving, the way friends were praying for me. So I was in this place of... Um, I can't quite believe as I did before, but I, I just can't let go either because God's presence is undeniable. And you were asking those questions, why would God allow this? You felt abandoned. And and I want to pick up with you in just a short while because when your faith began to return after those doubts, having gone through the ordeal that you did, that was a point that you decided you really wanted to live. Uh, Anne Fogarty is the author of a book called Forged with Flames. Uh, It's a story of survival from the 1983 Ash Wednesday bushfires. And stay with us. We'll come back and talk some more shortly. You're listening to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. We're back talking about an inspirational story of courage and faith with a survivor of the bushfires that ripped through Victoria and South Australia on Ash Wednesday in 1983, killing 75 people. The book is called Forged with Flames and is the story of Anne Fogarty, who sustained burns to 85% of her body and was left with horrendous injuries, giving her almost no chance of survival. And a short while ago, we were talking about the questions that you had of God. Why would he allow this to happen to you? And had God abandoned you? At what point did you decide that you just couldn't give up? And how did your faith play a role in that? Well, someone sent me in the most gorgeous little wooden statue, and it was um, a hand with a little girl in the palm of the hand. And... I just felt this is God's hand and this is where I am and I would ask whenever I could for whoever was with me for them to hold it up so I could see and every time I looked at that I was sure in my heart that that's where I was even though it didn't feel like I was there and I was just able to cast aside what I felt in that moment. I mean I came back to it many times and had to deal with it Um, But while I was lying there, I could truly believe that's where I was and um, that God hadn't really abandoned me. I didn't just have full understanding. It certainly must have been a very meaningful gift uh, as a reminder that you were there, tucked into the hand of God, even though uh, you were really uh, with your life hanging in the balance and uh, you could have died at any time. I could, and I certainly 
it was very interesting to me because I'd often heard ministers talk about fact and feeling and um, I'd had a lot of feeling faith where I felt very close to God but at that time I didn't feel close to God and I had a lot of unanswered questions and I didn't actually feel loved by God but I just hung on to the fact that I was loved by God and that was where I was so it was a really interesting time for me um, separating feeling from fact and there was another experience that you did have too and you were concerned as to how people might react but there was a sense in which you felt that there was an angel a guardian angel watching over you and you describe her as the girl in the corner yes i clearly saw her all the time i was in intensive care she was sitting in the corner of the room and she was just she never took her eyes off me and she was the most loving figure. Um, and I would say to people when they came in to visit me, could you get the lady in the corner of the room a cup of tea? Because I was concerned she'd been sitting there for days without moving and hadn't had anything to eat. And I think initially people thought I was hallucinating because I was having a lot of hallucinations. But uh, I know I wasn't. And... Um, I really believe that was a guardian angel just sent there to um, comfort me and to watch over me. I guess when you're lying in bed, as long as you were, uh, there is something that must keep you going. And I know that part of that is your faith. Uh, there was also a bit of a philosophy that you picked up on called nil desperandum. Uh, tell us about nil desperandum. Well... I believed, I do believe in the wonder of life and I, and I still had a bit of that in me, I think, and not letting go um, in case you miss something wonderful. So I was really hanging on to that, that if I don't let go, if I somehow manage to take one breath after another um, and don't fall into the pits of despair... Um, somehow I'll travel through this time and, and I'll be glad. Um, so that was there in the back of my mind as well. And Anne, life today is not easy for you either because having suffered burns to 85% of your body, uh, it's not something that you readily recover from totally. You find it difficult to even go out into sunlight today. Yes, well, I've, I've lost most of my sweat glands and, um, along with the skin. And so when they repair your skin, the sweat glands don't regrow. So I just, once it's above 23 degrees, I have to stay inside and in front of an air conditioner because my body can't keep itself cool anymore. And that takes tremendous energy for my body just to keep itself at the right temperature, particularly during the summer. Um, so it means I have limited energy and, and just have to stay indoors when it's above 23. And do you need to really rely on your faith in God uh, in day-to-day -day life these days? Because life isn't easy. And I know you've gone through some hardships over the years. You've even had a bout with breast cancer and uh, there's been other health challenges as well. What role does faith play in your life today? Well, it's everything to me. It's um, just that it is my life. 
Um, I feel I know God intimately now. He's my best friend. I talk to him about everything because I spend so much time alone. And even though that was challenging in the first place, I realize now it's just brought me to this deep relationship with him. And um, it's something I treasure. I can't imagine life without it. He's as real to me as my own children are. And um, he's just everything, really. To finally put some detail to other things that are happening today, I'd just like to ask you about what happened on Black Saturday because uh, that was another dreadful bushfire incident in Victoria and I'm just wondering how you were feeling when those Black Saturday fires came upon Victoria and you must have had tremendous empathy with those who had in their families lost lives, uh, lost possessions, been injured and even had suffered burns, something similar to what you'd suffered. Yes, I just found it a heartbreaking time. Um, I think everyone was heartbroken for all those people involved, but to know intimately what it was like to be in the middle of a dreadful bushfire and, and to know intimately what it was like to lose your house and your possessions and be terribly burnt, I just found myself identifying with it so much and, and just weeping for them and, and the journey ahead for them. And your story is inspirational and I'll mention a website where people can go to to get a hold of your new book. The book is called Forged with Flames. It's Anne Fogarty's story, her story of survival and the years since the 1983 Ash Wednesday bushfires. Here's the web address where you can get a hold of Anne's book Forged with Flames. It's www.wilddingopress.com.au. Anne Fogarty, it's been a pleasure talking and thanks for being such an inspiration and great to have you as part of what we're doing today here on 2020. You're very welcome. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.